The I Can't Even Show with Margaret and Ellie starts now. Welcome to episode four of the I Can't Even Show. I'm Margaret. And I'm Allie. Today we're going to talk about social media. There are tons of studies that say social media is addictive and some that even claim it causes depression. So we decided to do a short five-day social media diet. We spoke with Jay Donovan, a morning radio host at WPLJ in New York. She managed to give up her phone for a week as part of an experiment for the show. She's going to tell us what we're in for, and we'll check back in once we've completed our five-day cleanse. So going into this thing, Margaret, what do you think is going to be the hardest thing for you to give up? Um, Instagram, hands down. Really? Like posting or checking, commenting? Like what? what's like no, the... No, like checking and interacting with people and liking stuff and commenting. And actually, I message a lot of my friends through Instagram. and I don't know why, but... Maybe because I like share a picture with them and then they'll comment on the picture I shared. And then we end up having a conversation on Instagram, um, which is totally unexpected, but is a thing I do now, apparently. Now, that makes sense. I definitely do message people on Instagram more than I thought that I did. Um, but I think for me, it's going to be Facebook. It's it's like that's where my, my close friends are. That's where I really kind of keep up with what people are doing. And I share like more personal stuff. And I think that's where I'm going to feel the most out of the loop. Um, so what do you think you're going to do in place of all this extra time we're going to have that we're not on social media? I don't know. I mean, I definitely spend a lot of time checking social media during my commute. Um, so I might just nap more. Um, or maybe I could read something other than people's Twitter posts, but I don't, I don't really know. Maybe, maybe there will be some reading, maybe writing. I might write more. What Ooh. about you? Um, I think I'm probably going to end up listening to more podcasts or, um, listening to audiobooks because those are effortless and I don't have to look at my phone for them. <laughs> when you do those things now, do you look at social media at the same time? Because I find I do audio things in addition to other things. No, because my brain cannot process both. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if I'm on something like social media or Instagram or anything and also listening to something, I'm really just picking up all the visual stuff and I'm not really taking in anything that I'm hearing. So I have to like separate them. I can't even listen to music without lyrics and read at the same time. I have to really like process things separately. Okay. So you got to like really focus on what you're yeah, doing. Yeah. So I think it's going to be podcasts or, or audio. And um, I mean, I don't know, maybe we'll come out on the other end with um, like, you'll be more creative and write more and I'll maybe learn something. <laughs> wow. Well, <laughs> all right. Now we, we can't give up everything, unfortunately, because we do need some social media for work. So like, Let's see what we can give up and what we can't. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think you know, for you, I'm not on Facebook, but I think for you, Facebook's definitely got to go. Um, yes, it's gone. It's, <laughs> and got to go. Uh, Twitter, Twitter is a hard one because like we keep up with a lot of news that way for work. Um, but I think it's got to go, and we've got to just like look at other places for. You know, I mean, get notifications from different newspapers and stuff like that instead. I, I definitely think. All of the apps have to go. I think the Twitter app has to go. I think the Facebook app has to go. I think Snapchat's got to go. Instagram's got to go from the phone. Yeah. But I, I maybe like if there's something major happening, we can check them on our computers. Yeah. For, for work. Work purposes. Yeah. When we need to see like what the reaction is to a story and how people are talking about it and what the angles are, then we're going to have to look at that. Um, but I think for personal use, you're right. They've got to go. Um, I have a few questions. <laughs> One is, is Pinterest a social media app? Yes. 
But I really just use it to save pictures. So I'm not really interacting with people there. I, I, it's, it's definitely a social media site. I don't, I don't really care how you use it. I think it's got to go. Okay. All right. So, all right. Pinterest is gone. Um, but I, I, I don't like Facebook Messenger and I hate anyone who contacts no, me on it. that's definitely social so I don't... media. <laughs> really? Yes. It's got the word Facebook in it and, and Messenger. No, but it's the same as using like Gchat or uh, Yeah, that's got to go too. Or... No, I can't get rid of Gchat. That's got to go. That's like my messaging app. I mean, Are you going to get rid of text messaging? Honestly, I feel like that's social too. I mean, I think we're going to have to, I think there's going to have to be some restrictions on it. I mean, text messaging for us, like obviously we all interact that way through work, but maybe we're not allowed that's to gonna like. That's going to be my methadone. Like when I... <laughs> Like when I come off the drugs, I got to have something like I got to be able to reach out to people in some but way. But text messaging is so social now. I mean, it's like especially iMessages on the iPhone. I mean, you can put gifts in there. You can react to people's posts. I can thumbs up posts and love posts and frown on posts. And I mean, I feel like that's it's like a little mini Facebook or Twitter, you know. I think it's got to go. Oh, even even for work? I don't think it can go for work. I think that that's okay. impossible. Like, I mean, people call in sick to us through text message. So I don't think. So if I have something to say to someone, I have to call them yeah, on the phone? Yeah, you have to call like them Like it's 1992? You can email them. Oh, I can email them. All yeah. right. So it's 1997. Yeah. All right. But this is all really important to sort out because that is part of a huge conversation that we had with Jay Donovan, who went on an entire week um phone cleanse where she locked her phone away and she was actually allowed to be on social media but in the way that you're saying we should be allowed on our on our computers that just seems very very early aughts to me i think it's going to be really hard you sound very sad all of a sudden (laughs) i am it's it's a lot to deal with i mean social media is such a big part of our lives you know and i honestly i feel like it's really easy to say that it you know oh well it's just social media and you can totally live without it of course we can all survive but you know we have these very regular habits of checking these things and sharing all these different moments with people that i think it's going to definitely be a challenge so here's our interview with wplj morning show host jade donovan okay welcome to the show jade my really good friend and host of wplj's morning show jade donovan what's up (laughs) <laughs> nothing <laughs> thanks Welcome for having show. me thanks guys i'm excited to chat with you about not having a phone and how it changed my life did that it change your terrible. life <laughs> no it actually didn't change my life whatsoever because and i know you're going to ask me if i went back to any of the habits or if anything stuck with me and it it honestly really didn't which is horrible because i thought that it would be life-changing and i'd be a new person because that's what i felt during the actual sort of cleanse um, but once you get that phone back in your hand, man, it's like crack. You just go right back to all of the bad habits all over again. Well, before you get into it, can you just tell us what the parameters were for this cleanse of yours? So it was inspired when we were doing one of these entertainment stories about Selena Gomez on the air. And uh, Anne Marie, who does our entertainment report, was saying how Selena Gomez went without a phone for a certain period of time. And, you know, that she was just kind of preaching about how it changed her life. And I think she was off social as well. But it got me kind of thinking that I wonder, how can you survive in 2017 if you don't have a cell phone? Because think about it, everywhere you go, you know, if you live in in the city, you're always mapping to to get on the subway or to drive anywhere. Or, you know, here in the city, you order your groceries on it. You, You do everything on your phone. You check the weather before you go outside. It's the first thing you look at when you wake up. And it's the last thing you look at when you go to sleep. So I wanted to see what it would be like in 2017 and how difficult would it be if you didn't have a phone. 
So I went to go on the air. We decided to use this little lockbox thing. And because I'm a huge moron, when you go to lock it, I thought it wasn't working. So I kept spinning the dial and it looked like it was zeroing out on time when in fact it was just every time it zeroed out for 24 hours, it would add a day. Mm -hmm. So instead of locking it in there for a certain amount of days, I locked it in there for over a week. It was like eight or nine days. Oh my God. (laughs) So, which I really only lasted till about day five. And then I cracked it open with a hammer, hammer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, which is hilarious, but I didn't actually even want to get it out. I enjoyed the freedom so much. So I ended up doing it for about, I'd say, uh, Monday morning at 8 a.m. till Friday morning at about 8.30 a.m. So whatever that turns out to be, it's I think about four and a half, five, almost five days. Yeah, that's about five days. Yeah. Um, But you were saying that you kind of feel like you went right back to it. It wasn't like a slow build up back to like all of the full habits of social media. I mean... You would think that it would be that way, but I sort of just was disgusted with myself and got right back on the crack, (laughs) you know, maybe like a couple days and maybe I I kind of detested myself, but I don't know. I just kept reaching for it to do everything that I would do before. Well, you said you kind of liked doing the cleanse. Like what stuff about it did you like? What did you feel was affirming and life-changing for those five days? I just felt like that meme with Jasmine from Aladdin on the (laughs) carpet where I just felt so enlightened, even like five minutes after being on it, that no one could get a hold of me, that no one could just have me whenever they wanted. Because if you think about it, your phone really just is this leash that anyone can get a hold of you whenever they want. So what I really enjoyed about not having a phone is that, you know, I could still connect. I could still do social media. I wasn't doing a really a social media cleanse. I was doing a cleanse of the phone. So I would look at all these different hacks where I would go to my laptop when I wanted to go on uh, Facebook, on Twitter. I obviously couldn't Snapchat, but I did find an app for Instagram so that I could upload pictures from my laptop to Instagram. So that was kind of a a cool little hack. So it was kind of fun to just explore and see, well, how can I actually do what everybody else does in 2017 if I don't have a phone? But it was also nice that whenever I wanted to connect with the world, be it whatever social media, it wasn't that I was getting notifications and they were getting my attention and I was a slave to the device. It was when I decided, hey, I really want to connect with the world or I want to see what's going on in my friends' lives, then I would open up my laptop and I would make a conscious effort to log on. It wasn't, as I said, this kind of leash. Um, it, yeah. You choose when you want to connect with people. It's not the notica- notification that's getting your attention and dragging you back into people when they want to get a hold of you. Because even if you have your mom, your best friend, your coworker, whatever, your email, your text, your Facebook, whatever, you have all these notifications on your phone and, and the news, and it's, you're just a slave to them. So it was kind of freeing to not have that in the palm of your hand every second of every day when you're in the back of a cab or you're in the elevator or anytime you have a down moment, I actually had to look up and make eye contact with people or I don't know, have time in my brain to just think about anything that, (laughs) you know, when you don't have that with a phone, you just think about whatever notifications you have. Yeah, totally. Um, So go back a little. You said that you found an app to post pictures on Instagram. How are you taking pictures? Well, so that was funny, too. On day one, I kept thinking, all right, I don't have a phone. So what are the things that I need in my life that will take place of that? You need a map. 
obviously, right? <laughs> so that you can see where you're going. Yeah. Um, I bought a little notebook. So I would carry a notebook around and a pen for my to-do list or to write reminders or anything I needed as far as that goes. And then I wanted to be able to still, what you love about having a phone is that you can take pictures of things as they happen. When, if you see a beautiful sky or the skyline, or there's just a moment you want to capture, it's so great to have the phone um, or a selfie even, or a video or whatever the case. So I actually carried a physical camera with me (laughs) for the whole four and a half, five days. And when these moments would kind of happen, I'd have to get out the camera. And we're talking like the camera with the strap that you put around (laughs) your neck, very touristy. So that, so I had that in my bag. So without the phone, I had to carry around this big bag of things, you know, that would replace this one device. So that was kind of funny. Oh, I was going to say, and I only know this because I saw you that week, but you had the laptop with you that you were carrying around. Right. I forgot. (laughs) The the camera that you were carrying around. And then you had to wear a watch. That's right. Thank you for reminding (laughs) me. Well, you know, it's funny. You asked me if anything stuck with me. And that's the one thing that stuck with me is that I now enjoy wearing a watch. It's so funny. Which I didn't before. I had no use for it. I would just check my phone. So now I actually do wear my boyfriend's watch, which I got him for Christmas two years ago. It's like this black Nixon watch. It's mm-hmm. awesome. So now I wear it every day <laughs> So good. Uh, because <laughs> now I actually enjoy wearing a watch to wear as before. You know, I didn't think about it, didn't need it. But yeah, it's funny all the things you need to replace, you know, the one little phone. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting what you were saying earlier about being a slave to notifications. Um, without having those notifications sort of interrupting your personal interactions, like, did you find any specific instances where you were maybe spending more time with people in real life or giving them more attention than you normally would? Um, it's funny, just in, so we have a, a landline, which a lot of people don't have a landline. So I found myself getting voicemails on the landline, like it was 1997 again. <laughs> and I had to check my voicemail in my apartment Um, so that was kind of funny, but I noticed really that I would talk to people more. And when you're, I, one example, I suppose, is I went to lunch with a bunch of people from work and you look up at the table and everyone is on their phone at the same time. And it was the moment where, wow, I don't have a phone to reach for, which by the way, I reached for my phone over a hundred times a day, definitely over a hundred. I mean, I didn't count, but definitely over a (laughs) hundred times a day because you think about it, you're like, oh, well, what's the weather going to be? Or, oh, I'm going to transfer money into my bank real quick, or let me check my balance or, you know, let me get an Uber or I don't, let me text so-and-so and and tell them that I'm almost there. You know, it's all these things that you can't do. So even looking at the table, you have that sort of feeling where you're like, wow, everyone is somewhere else right now. And I'm the only one who's present. And it's just funny. I wanted to just bottle that up and keep that feeling forever of being present. And then when you have the phone again, you just sort of ease right back into checking things all over again, which is horribly sad. And I I wish I had more (laughs) self-control. What do you feel like the hardest part was of the whole thing? Like if you had to pick one thing that you just couldn't get around or, you know, had to work really hard to get around? Um, It's funny because I actually loved not having a phone. I loved that people couldn't get a hold of me. Um, The one, I guess the hardest thing would maybe be maps. It's tough when you don't totally know where you're going and then you have to kind of look it up. And remember back in the old days where you had MapQuest, so you'd print it out, you'd print out your directions of wherever you're going, you put it in your pocket. Yeah. 
if I almost had to do that when I would leave work to go meet up with someone. But I think Margie, when you and I went to lunch that one time and I took, I literally got on my laptop at work, got on Wi-Fi, and thought, okay, this is where I'm going. Cause we always, Margie and I always like to go to new places for lunch. <laughs> so we were trying this new place. And when I got off the subway, I was trying to remember where I was going and just yeah. use my brain because with the phone, you don't have to use your brain. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to remember anything, even the uh, code to my back door of my building. They change the code all the time and they send an email out with a new code. Well, I keep it on my phone. So then I had to write it down, you know, and try to remember the code there. And then when I got off the subway to try to meet Margie for lunch that one time, I'm like, okay, wait, was it a right on 52nd or was it a left or am I going, which way am I going? And you just have to kind of get lost and figure it out. And God forbid, ask somebody, hey, do you know where such and such restaurant is? Mm -hmm. Which is what I ended up having to do. And that is one of the things about not having a phone is that it just made you interact with people in real time. You know what I mean? Not interact with people who are nowhere around you, which is what you do when you're on your phone. But just, again, being present in the moment and being forced to kind of communicate with people that are right around you. I mean, I say that, you know, all this use of social media and stuff like that can cause extra stress. But it sounds like having to do all these workarounds could also be stressful. Right. (laughs) I mean, which do you think had more of a negative impact on you? Like all the constant contact or having to constantly rework the way you live your life? That's funny. That's a good question. I actually think it was sort of fun. It was really fun because it sort it kind of felt like I was cheating the system, you know, because I know that I'm doing this thing without a phone and my whole goal is, okay, can you survive without a phone, you know, in 2017 and still enjoy the things that everyone, you know, enjoys about technology um, in 2017? So I, I kind of had fun with that. Even the times that it wasn't easy and that it was maybe sort of frustrating to find where I was going or to not be able to text Margie that I'm 15 minutes late to get drinks and just she's sitting there wondering if I'm dead or alive and I'm like I'll be right I can't say I'll be right there or I'm getting off at the next stop or anything even though I couldn't do all that it kind of it was freeing it was really an amazing thing and I, I would say that that's absolutely spot on that when you have a phone it's more stressful because you're constantly being hit up by Facebook because someone posted a new baby picture or, you know what I mean? Instagram or Twitter, or there's breaking news. And what, what really comprises breaking news? Everything is breaking news to the New York post. So they just send it to your phone all the time, you know? So you're getting all these things all the time. And I, I really think that that constant stimulation has a negative effect and, and can make you more anxious. And, you know, there's no downtime for your brain to just kind of sit there and have a brain fart and look at the clouds and whatever, because you're constantly looking at your phone being stimulated by something or someone or some news. Yeah. Um, When you're talking about downtime and having more downtime and having more brain time just to think, did you feel more creative not having to, you know, answer to your phone all the time? Absolutely. I did. And it's funny, you, you have more time. So you feel like you're doing things that actually matter as opposed to just at the being at the beck and call of, whatever is happening, you know, on your phone. It's funny because think about it, how much mindless time you spend on your cell phone, how much mind, you know, every time you're, you're going to the bathroom, you're sitting in the bathroom, you're looking at your phone, you're, you're in the elevator. As I said before, you're in the back of a taxi, wherever you are, you're walking instead of looking at people or looking at what's around you or being inspired by something creatively that's happening in the moment or just having free brain space to sit there and think about stuff. Even when you're going to the bathroom, little yeah. moments like that, it's all eaten up by 
just browsing on your phone what everybody's doing on Snapchat or looking at Insta stories or whatever. Um, I had a lot of time to just think about life and, you know, different creative projects that I wanted to do. And, um, you know, that's when Margie, when you and I were talking about, let's go see the symphony, let's <laughs> go to a museum. Let's yeah. what have we not, you know, let's do a paint and sip in my apartment. You know, there's all these things that I kept thinking, wow, I want to really do this. I want to do that. I don't know, just cause I had extra time and it's like, wow, what's out there in this world. <laughs> I can actually think about it. It's sort of felt like I took the veil off for a minute, if that makes any sense. I know personally, I always feel kind of shitty because like after work and on the weekends, when I'm supposed to be hanging out with my daughter, I'm still checking my phone. I'm looking at alerts. I'm seeing what's going on with work and I'm not giving her the undivided attention I know that I should be. Did you find any difference with like your family life when you didn't have your phone around? That's such a great question. And absolutely. I mean, my family life was so much better. I was so much happier. I felt like I was way more present and in the moment. And when you talk about being present and being in the moment, how important that is, even just walking around in daily life and feeling creative, imagine how much more important and more valuable that is when you're with your children or when you, you're with your significant other. That's the my cell phone and being on my phone, even though it's 90% for work or maybe Okay, 60% work, 40% (laughs) pleasure (laughs) and connecting with friends and stuff. Um, It is the number one starter of arguments in our house because I'm always on it. And Bryce is my boyfriend. Um, He wants my attention for things. He wants me to be present. And I'm constantly looking at the phone. And you don't realize till someone does it in front of you how annoying it is and how shitty it is. And, you know, it makes them feel like they don't matter. So it seemed to me like our relationship grew in that moment. Yeah. And I was able to be there more to, to play with Stella and to be on the couch with her. Cause I do the same thing. And Allie, I go back and I do the same thing now where I'm sitting on the couch watching cartoons with my daughter and my daughter's four now. And, you know, then I'll just grab my phone and write down my grocery list or grab my phone and text somebody or, you know, even scroll through Instagram. And you think, well, I'm a parent and I have things to do. And I'm also just a damn human being who wants to do what I want to do. And I don't care about Phineas and Ferb. No. And why do I have to watch it with them to be able, you know, they're watching it and I'm sitting here and we're cuddling. So why can't I be on my phone? I don't know. It's anything that you read. They always say that it's probably not, you know, experts and child development experts say, don't be on your phone while you're watching TV with your, your kids. You should actually be watching it together. I think there is something to that. But, you know, it also is nice, like I said, as, as just a grown-ass person that you want to just be able to let your mind roam uh, yeah. and relax on social, even though it probably ends up adding more stress <laughs> at the end of it, really. <laughs> I know one thing you said um, probably that day that we went to lunch, um, or maybe another day, was that it was hard that you didn't have this immediate line to know if Stella was, like, okay. yes. And I'm so glad you brought that up because the day, so I said that I was supposed to do this eight or nine day cleanse because I, you know, you accidentally set the lockbox too late, but on the air, we said we were going to do it for five days. So I ended up just smashing it on Friday, which was amazing because a few hours after I smashed it, my, so my mom was watching my daughter in Florida and my mom called me and was able to call me because I had my phone again. And it, I'm, it was probably not even two hours after we had broken the phone out of the lockbox. My mom calls me and was in ER with my daughter oh my God. because she <laughs> fell off of a chair and she split her, her chin open. Oh. And so they were gluing her chin together. So my mom called me from the emergency room. Now, 
if I didn't have my cell phone, I would have got that information in some other way because I would have gotten it, you know, when I got home and someone had gotten a hold of me, called my landline, left me a voicemail or whatever, but the, it would have been delayed. Yeah. So when would I have found out that something was wrong? And I was so glad and grateful that it happened and that I had a phone in that case. So, you know, that's something that is beautiful about technology and that people can get a hold of you so easily because when there, something does go wrong, at least, you know, right away. And I kept thinking too, when, you know, as far as that goes, God forbid something happens in Manhattan where we live, God forbid something happens right here in the city. And I don't know about it because news hits so quickly on Twitter. You talk about those notifications that are um, pulling at you constantly and grabbing at your attention on a, on a daily basis, but it can actually also be a good thing, you know, then right. you know that something happened um, over the holidays. There was a, a apartment fire that was like three blocks from my apartment. And that notification came on my phone and it was like, you know, building on 57th street is on fire. And we were in Florida and I was like, Oh shit, is that my apartment? Is my apartment burned down? <laughs> Did we leave the Christmas tree lights on or something? Oh, no. Um, but you know, imagine if we were in the city and I was in my apartment and I got a notification that there was a building on fire and you just get it right away. You know, there's, there's no delay in that information. So if that makes any sense. Yeah, that totally that makes sense. sense. <laughs> well, I mean, now that you have your phone back and you, you know, you've got all your social media apps back, like which one are you the happiest to have back? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I'm not happy to have any of them back because <laughs> I'm just on wait, them wait, wait. again. You were so desperate to use Instagram that you figured out a hack, but you're not happy <laughs> to have the app back. Well, it's sort of like it. I keep referring to it as crack, as drugs, <laughs> because it's good that you're not on them and the world is beautiful and the sky is blue and you're looking around, but then you, you get back into it and you just I don't know. You get back into it. And by the way, the reason that I wanted to find a hack was because we had John Mayer come by the studio. And how do you not post a picture of you and John Mayer hugging? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like we were cuddling in a warm embrace and the world needed to see it because I needed to brag about it. So that's... <laughs> All right. So Fair that's enough. Right? Um, no, but it's funny. You just kind of fall back into the rabbit hole. And it makes me sad because... I remember asking myself, when I break my phone out of this lockbox, how will I protect my newfound freedom, my brain space? You know, how do you not fall back into that, as I said, rabbit hole of just constantly looking at your phone? And I didn't know the answer then, and I don't even know it now. It was just this really Oprah aha moment. I'm like, man, I got to protect this. This is so valuable. And I try. <laughs> I try again, but I don't know. I mean, I guess I find myself leaving my phone on the counter a little more often, or I leave it in my bag a little, a little longer, but you really kind of just go back into it. I want to blame work and say that it's, you know, because I have to keep in touch with people for my job, but I kind of just, <laughs> I don't know. You get back into a routine. I think you're right though. It's like 60% work, 40% pleasure. You know, it's a big part of it is the commitment that you have to obviously, you know, be on social media and interact with your fans and listeners and stuff like that. But, you know, a small part of it also is, hey, what's going on? I want to know. <laughs> right. And you don't feel like you're in the loop at all. And it's funny, like the first few days, like with any diet or cleanse that you do, you feel really great. You're like, oh, wow, this is fine. I'm good with this. And then everyone says, well, you know, talk to me on day three when yeah. you hate everything. <laughs> and I would say that that's sort of true because the first few days I felt so great. And then maybe like, I don't know, late into day three or four, it was like, huh, you sort of feel a little lonely in your own thoughts. Oh, interesting. But then now 
the idea of being alone sort of makes me more anxious. And I don't know. Oh, really, yeah. Interesting. Right. Cause a friend of mine was saying, Oh, you should do uh, meditation for 20 minutes. You know, you're kind of alone with your thoughts and you relax and you can do this and it's just a good way to de-stress. And now that I think about it, the idea of being, having downtime for 20 minutes sort of freaks me out. I get rapid heart rate which is so sick, which I probably need a phone cleanse again <laughs> to go back and reset. So I'm not at the mercy of everyone trying to get a hold of me again. Cause now I feel like, Oh God, Oh God, it's sort of a panicky feeling, which means I'm back on the crack. Right. So we're going to do not a phone cleanse, nothing as extreme as what you did, but we're going to do a, a diet as Allie put it, a little social media diet. We're going to be able to use our phones, but we del- we're going to delete all the apps. Um, so we're basically limiting the function of our phone to about 50%. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's interesting is that on your phone, you can do, you've probably done this before, but if you go to the battery, uh, go to settings and you go to battery, you can see what uses the most of your battery and it tells you how what apps that you spend the most time on. Oh, wow. Interesting. It's sort of horrifying. So if you go like settings and then battery and you go down where it says like, you know, low battery, if you have an iPhone, battery percentage, all that, you can, it it tells me um, that I spent in the last 24 hours, I spent 18 minutes on Snapchat, 44 minutes on Amazon Prime now, I was grocery shopping, 47 minutes on iMessages, 27 minutes on Instagram. That's in the last 24 hours. Oh, crazy. So it tells you how much time you actually spend on these different apps. And then over the last seven days, all of the apps that have taken most of my time are all social. Instagram, mm. five hours over the last seven days. Oh, my God. Five hours. Five hours of your life of to my Instagram. Life. <laughs> yeah. Over the last seven days, I've averaged 2.4 hours on Snapchat, 5.4 hours on uh, iMessaging people, two hours on, on email, and then right after that is 1.8 hours on Safari, probably looking at OOTDs because I don't know what to wear every day. <laughs> um, but it's, isn't that interesting, though, if you think about it? And then I've got that obviously is. Facebook and Twitter after that. But if you add up all of the hours, two, four, I mean, it's five, six, seven. It's like 15, 16, 17, almost 18 hours in the last seven days I've been on my phone. Wow. Well, on your social, on social, right? For the for the most part, there's also no. Yeah, it's all social. Yeah. Oh, I just opened mine and I've already deleted my apps in anticipation of starting this cleanse tomorrow. (laughs) And so I spend more than 30 percent of my time on those recently deleted apps. Wow. Yeah. And if you hit the clock on the right, it'll tell you exactly how many hours as opposed to the percentage. Oh, yeah. Not that you want that information. It's no. <laughs> oh, no. This is only one of my two phones. I don't even want to know about the other one. Oh, are you a drug dealer? You have two phones? <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> no, but it's really, it's really interesting when you look at it like that. And also sad. Like, what else would I be doing? When I didn't have my phone, I wasn't spending five hours in the last week yeah. on Instagram, you know? So there's got to be a way, though, that to balance it all out. And I just don't know what that answer is. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know if I mentioned to either of you, but I went to this talk with this girl who was basically discussing this exact issue and how the phone owns you and everybody owns you because they can get in touch with you whenever they want through yes. these notifications and the apps own you and your email owns you and everything owns you. And she's basically trying to figure out the same question. How do you make it so you have this very convenient device in your hand? So if you need to get around, you can get around. If you want to take a picture, you can take a picture. Mm -hmm. If you want to get in touch with somebody, you can. But maybe you're not at all times waiting or 
I don't know, being interrupted by your phone screen telling you something. Right. So she's her theory is, you know, that apps need to work better with the calendar. So if you have something in your calendar, like, you know, um, family time, or you have something in your calendar like meeting, it just mutes notifications during that time. That's awesome. That would be fantastic if somebody could just figure out how to give us our lives back. (laughs) I feel like muting notifications is not the way because I do that sometimes to like give myself space away. But then I feel like so overwhelmed by the thought that I'm missing something important and my phone is not telling me that I check it twice as much. True. Right. Well, it's so funny because I felt the same thing doing the cleanse towards the end of it, even though it was only four and a half, five days, like I said, but you feel like that ping of loneliness for a second. And it's like, then I would, which you guys can't do as you're, you know, when you embark on the social media cleanse, but I would make the choice to go to social media. But when I did, there was even just like this spike of anxiety and that rapid heart heart rate, you know, and I wonder, like, was I panicking because it was withdrawal? Was I panicking because I'm missing out? Or was this, no. oh, my God, how can I possibly catch up with everything that I haven't seen in the last five minutes since I opened my laptop? You know what I mean? It was yeah. like crackhead stumbling on crack after rehab or something like that, which is like, yeah, like just cold t- sweats. and Yeah, which is a terrible analogy. But I don't know if you guys have seen the studies that they've done with kids where they say that screen time is just as addictive as drugs. And it's just everyone's being overstimulated. My kid flips out if you take a phone away from her. And I don't even let her have it very often. Right. Yeah. And there's a study that I just read recently. Um, I'll have to send it to you. And it's, it basically lays out as far as childhood development and in their brain, how often um, from ages, you know, one to five, five to whatever, they break it down even as like two years and younger, two to three, four to five, how much screen time these kids should actually have. So it doesn't very low. get in the way of their cognitive development. And mm. two and under should be, they said zero. None. Yeah. Yeah. But think about how many two-year-olds you know that are so great at swiping and they know how to open all the different apps. And mm-hmm. Yeah, they're better at it than their grandparents for the most part. Oh, totally. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So do you have any advice for us as we start our social media diet? I would just say enjoy it, you know, <laughs> and try to find something to replace it that is positive for your own soul and your own development. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it totally makes yeah. sense. Because I I don't know, I just, I wish there was a way to feel that purpose and balance and connection and to feel grounded. Those are the things that I hope that you will enjoy when you do it. And just to feel inclusion as well and not feel like you're missing out. And maybe you can try new things. Like my boyfriend and I had this thing where, you know, he would say, all right, this week you should try this out. And I, you know, you should read this book. So he works in real estate and he's like, well, why don't you read this real estate book about flipping houses. I'm like, okay, that's not something that I would normally choose. So that's kind of something that I'll try that's new. And then I would tell him, how about you try, you know, he used to go to the gym all the time and he loved it. And when you get busy, your health, obviously you just put that, you throw that away. So I'm like, well, why don't you go to the gym and enjoy doing that and do that for yourself? So that was kind of nice to have time to think about things like that, where normally you really, you say that you're going to sit down and write in your notebook and journal, and you're going to plan different things that you want to try and taste the world and adventure and explore. And you just don't do it. You sit on the couch and you scroll Instagram and see what everyone else is doing with their lives, (laughs) even though that's a false reality as well. That is very true. Yeah. So in other words, since we can't uh, live vicariously through everyone else, just like live our lives. (laughs) Right. 
<laughs> right. Well, and it's funny. I just told my mom, um, Facebook was a huge problem with my mom. She, when we went over the holidays, we all got together and she's like, well, why don't you post pictures of us? Are you just ashamed of us? And it was so heartbreaking that her sense of worth was all Um, wrapped up in anything I posted on social media. I don't think about it that way. I just think about, well, what's the most engaging picture that I can put on Instagram that's cute enough that will, you know, because I work in radio and branding and personality. So really the way I look at it is not these are, this is necessarily what's super important to me. It's what's the most memorable moment that's great and has a story and I can connect with people. You know what I mean? So um, she actually ended up deleting Facebook from her phone because we had sat down and had this long talk about, it's just this false sense of, I don't know, it's a false sense of what's important to people and worth. And uh, you've seen all of the, I keep referencing studies, but you've seen all these studies where it's linked to depression, especially in, in women, especially in adults, because you just see, oh, everyone else's life is so better than mine. Everyone else is this and that when you don't actually know, like I took a really cute picture of Stella and I cuddling on the couch the other night. Um, Bryce took it for us when we were just watching TV and she had fallen asleep on me and I laughed because the picture got like over a thousand likes, boom, right away. And I thought, wow, that's a successful post you would think. But the funniest and the most ironic part about that picture was that my house is a fucking disaster, but you didn't see that. It looked like I had everything all together. I've got this beautiful pillow and this great little furry blanket and it's such a sweet picture and it looks like everything is right with the world and it's so perfect and nothing was right in my <laughs> house. And I wasn't even really sleeping in the picture. I just closed my eyes. So it looked like I was asleep, <laughs> you know, to be able to capture this moment. But it's just so indicative of what social media is. It's we all want to put our best foot forward. We all want people to like our picture and engage with our picture. Um, and that's the place that we're coming from when we post it. So it's just this false reality for everyone else. And if you don't have that perfectly staged photo for Instagram, too, then maybe you feel like, you know, you don't have it all together or I want to have that. But my house was a, just a, like a tornado went through it, but it wasn't in the picture. <laughs> yeah. So. But I mean, I think that's, I, you know, I don't think pe- you should be hard on yourself about it or, or anybody should really, because I think it's really natural to want to share the best of your life or your situation, or your job or whatever it is with people. Um, you know, I'm sure it was that way pre-social media where, you know, we're not necessarily taking pictures of like horrible things happening in our lives to put on our albums but it's just so public now and you know and it's such a competition obviously we're all fighting for attention and so and likes Mm -hmm. yeah and likes Mm -hmm. exactly and you know attention equals likes so um you know i mean every time i take a picture of something obviously i'm thinking of like what's the prettiest picture i can take you know what's what's the perfectly composed perfectly edited perfect corner of my house i can take you know (laughs) well it's true and it's it's Definitely just natural, but it's also so unrealistic, just totally. grossly unrealistic. And there's really no way to kind of rewind from that. And unless I post a picture where I just look like shit, which I don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> but everybody is putting their best foot forward, thinking that that's reality for the rest of the world. And you can't help because it's natural to compare yourself to everyone else's posts. Um, and it just does jack shit for your self-esteem. Yeah. Which I don't know if you cuss on this podcast, so yeah, sorry, I've got you. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally Wayne gave us a thumbs up from the studio. He's <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, fabulous. <laughs> I love it already. <laughs> Great. Um, I did also read more books and have more human interactions when I didn't have my phone. So I don't know if that's helpful, but I love doing that. And that's one thing I say that I didn't stick with anything, but now that we're really talking about it, I am calling people more often and having real conversations on the phone and texting less, which is 
Really? Because yeah, I, I feel like I'm probably going to end up texting more if I cannot put my thoughts onto Twitter. Like some poor friend is just going to get like a dump right. <laughs> of random shit from me this week. <laughs> See, then maybe you should try taking text messages off as well, because that is a it is a social kind of a it's not technically a social media platform or site, but it is a way to be social. If you want to kick it up a notch and take it Ooh, next level. I mean, I'm That is a big challenge. You could cut that off. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, don't know I, that, that. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I might I mean, not when, make it through that. <laughs> <laughs> when you did your cleanse, uh, your phone cleanse, Jade, um, I remember I would have to email you or call you if I needed to talk to you. And I was meeting you one day. And so I emailed you like, you know some thought about it where we're going right and then like a second later i emailed you again and then like a, two, a second later i emailed you so i emailed you the way i was text messaging you you know right and then i'm sure it was so frustrating because i didn't get them instantaneously no, you and got i was next day able to respond <laughs> yeah well you know and and in that there was one one more quick um story that i want to share too margie you know this one but i got some really great news at work right before i went to go meet margie to have lunch and it was so funny because i had I sent Margie a quick note, like, hey, I'm leaving in five, you know, e- through email, shut my laptop, put everything away, got my coat on, and I went to leave. And then my boss grabbed me and was like, hey, the ratings came out, you know, we just, you know, number two, blah, blah, blah. And I think one of the weeks we were number one, and that was just such a huge thing for us because the radio station hadn't been there in such a long time. And so we had hit this major, you know, mark, and I was so excited, and I had no way to tell anybody. <laughs> oh, did it kill you a little? It did. It killed me a little at first because I couldn't grab my phone and send a text to Bryce, who's, you know, my boyfriend, the first person that I share good news and bad news with. I couldn't call him and say, because I was running out the door, I had to meet Margie. Because if I was late, there's no way to text her and say, hey, I'm 10 minutes late or whatever the case. So I had to go and get on the subway and do my thing. So I had to sit with this information for 15, 20 minutes, maybe 25 minutes as I was traveling to go meet Margie for lunch. And uh, and my initial knee-jerk reaction was, okay, this is so fucked up. I have such great news and I can't tell anybody, you know. But then my next thought, once I kind of quieted, was how amazing it was and what a gift it was and how valuable that was to have that only to myself. Think about how many pieces of information that you don't even think about. Without a care, you just share it. Without yeah. really absorbing it, you just share it. Through text, through social, however you want to do it, you just share it. When you have no way to communicate the good news, you know, we talked about the bad news, not being able to know if, if my daughter got hurt or whatever the case, but when you have good news and you, you have no way to, to share it with anyone, it's just all yours and you own it. And I had that revelation when I was on the subway and I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow, this is so cool. I have this little secret. I have this good news and it's mine. And there was something really powerful in that. I found a lot of power out of that, a lot of control um, in that. And so when I got to meet Margie for lunch and I sat down, it was I was very relaxed and I was soothed and I was at peace. And I'm, I said, hey, I've got this great news about the ratings. And she was the first person that I was able to share it with, um, which was really cool. But I'll never forget how good it felt to have news and to not have to give it to anybody else. Well, here's a question like for the two of you, actually, since you guys were hanging out during this. Did you find that like your in-person meetings were more 
interesting or more fun because you were actually sharing things with each other that you didn't already know from texts and social media and things like that? It was funny. I know. I remember one of the things we were comparing was that there's no, you don't know if the person's going to show up or not. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Yeah. Because there's a, one of Margie's friends, one of Margie's friends, when they would text to meet up, she'd say, okay, I'm three stops away. Okay. I'm two stops away. Okay. I just got off the train and I'm walking over. Yeah. You don't have that every two minute update. So Margie was just sitting there waiting for me. And there was no way to know if I was going to be there on time, which typically I'm not. Well, there was another thing. You tech, you emailed me one day and you're like going for drinks at, I forgot what place it was. Oh, yes. That's the, this is the good, yeah. this is a good story. <laughs> and so she emails me and she's like going for th- drinks at this place. And, you know, do you want to join? And I emailed her back and said, sure, I'll come after work. But she didn't get it because she'd already left. So I'm walking to the place. She's walking to the place. And I run into her on the street and she's like, oh, my God, I didn't know you were coming. Yeah. So that was kind of fun because you'd never not know. Right. You You always know who's coming where and there's no surprises, you know? Right. And normally you overly communicate every step. So, and there are no surprises, like you said. So it was really cool to be walking. And then I think Margie was behind us and she's like, what's up, bitch? Or something, (laughs) (laughs) something in like a really, she was trying to have a really menacing voice, which Margie could never be menacing. (laughs) But, um, and we all kind of turned around like hood rats, like what girl, like we were going to fight. Um, but then, and then it was so cool to be like, wow. Cause I remember sending you the email saying, Hey, we're going to get drinks. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get your email, but this is where we'll be. And this is at so-and-so a time, Yeah, you know, it's at such and such a time and I'll be with this person or whatever. So to kind of run into Margie on the street was such a gift. Because, yeah, you're right. There there are no surprises. No, so. we have no surprises anymore. <laughs> we don't. Because even it's yeah. like, I'm, I'm two stops away. I'm one yeah. stop away. I oh just got God. off the train. I'll be there in three seconds. Yeah. I see you at the bar and I'm texting you as I'm walking to the restaurant. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> totally. Yeah. Another thing was when we met for lunch that day, there was like this like older gentleman sitting next to us who's reading the paper and we had a whole like interesting meaningful conversation with him and like you were taking pictures with your real you know camera with a strap right right <laughs> I just thought that was it was kind of fun um I mean because in a way your friends got thrown into a little bit of a um cleanse too because we couldn't reach you the way we normally reached you right so. which that was also a really empowering thing that no one could get a hold of me unless they really wanted to. Yeah. So if there was an emergency, someone would get a hold of me and it would probably be delayed from the actual, you know, emergency situation. Or if there was something urgent at work or whatever, they'd email me and I would get to my laptop, you know, when I could, or everyone had my landline. So they would call my home if they needed to, which is such an interesting concept, but Mm -hmm. being untethered from the world was, and feeling in control was such a, a powerful thing that even talking about it now, I'm wishing that I can go back and I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm going to have to pull up my notes and see kind of what I wrote about it in my in my journal about this experience so that I can try to find that again because I just remember it being such a positive experience and then really hesitating and sort of being grumpy about having to have a phone again. I remember opening it and picking it out of the lockbox and being like, ugh. I don't even want this anymore. I'm yeah. so, I'm too good for this. I'm <laughs> I'm so enlightened right now. Why would I want to go back? You know, and then 
give it five minutes and you're already back in the crack house, you know, yeah. on the fetal, in the fetal position on the floor, scratching yourself, like, give me the phone, yeah. give me social media. Oh, well, dude, thank you so much for doing this with us. Thanks for coming on yeah, the show. It was show great having and... you. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. And I wish you guys the best of luck. And I <laughs> hope that you enjoy it and have a very fulfilling experience from it. I think it'll be positive. It seems like it's very scary, but I think you'll like it. Hopefully, once we stop shaking, we'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and cool. take off the messaging too. take off text messages off your phone. I'm yeah, we'll see about you. that. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll consider it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your opinion. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Yeah, you're welcome. No worries. As part of our five-day social media diets, Ali and I decided we would keep an audio diary so later on we could listen back and hear how we really felt about it. Okay, so it is 12.07 a.m. on um, Saturday morning, and I just realized I've already broken my social media diet because I hadn't deleted these apps and I didn't realize it was after midnight so I liked a bunch of people's posts and uh that's it Saturday it's day one I have already violated the cleanse um I opened my laptop and Facebook was the website still open from the last time and I automatically commented on something before I remembered I wasn't supposed to my bad I have decided that I'm going to practice piano instead of checking my phone because I don't have any social media apps to check on there. So um, hopefully I am going to get better um, because I have a little bit more or I have a go-to for the time that I'm not um, checking social media. Saturday. If you're stuck in the house during a snowstorm but you can't go on social media, did it even happen? Okay, it's 9 a.m. on Saturday, and I woke up and obviously grabbed my phone and uh, realized that I deleted all those apps last night. Um, but I'm wondering, is Pinterest really a social media app? Because it's kind of like a bookmark app, right? I mean, I'm not really being social with anyone or posting anything. I'm just saving stuff. So I'm going to call Allie later and ask her if it's allowed. It's Saturday. Uh, it's snowing outside. Uh, my daughter does not want to go sledding. I cannot go on social media. And I'm also on a regular food diet, so I can't eat anything. Um, we might end up with a shining type situation in here. Sunday afternoon. I'm watching Daniel Tiger with my daughter, and I have grabbed my phone and swiped through it three times already, forgetting that I don't have any apps on there. Help me. It's Sunday night. The Globes are on. Ryan Gosling just gave the sweetest speech ever, and I've neither liked anyone's post about it nor shared my own thoughts. I'm just having them quietly alone on my couch. Monday. 
I was on the Let's Chat podcast and it came out today. I'm not retweeting any of the show tweets and I feel like I'm breaking some kind of social contract. Tuesday. I still keep swiping to look for my social media apps and I just keep forgetting they're not there. I think I check it just as much as I did before. Wednesday. I keep getting messages and DMs and I feel really rude not replying. Those feel like a personal contact and not something that can be ignored. And unfortunately, I just keep getting the, the notifications in my email. So I noticed that I keep picking up my phone and looking at the screen for notifications. And it's so weird. There are none. And it's kind of nice. Okay, so from our audio diaries, it seems like we both definitely struggled with this. What do you think was the hardest part for you? Um, I think for me, the hardest part was the literal fear of missing out. Just, you know, stuff was going on without me. My cousin had a baby. She posted her announcement and I felt like I missed it, even though I knew she had a baby and we've been talking offline. But still, I felt like the, you know, her social media announcement was like a big deal that I missed Um, so definitely the fear of missing out, um, you know, other people doing fun things that I didn't know about. I didn't get to like, I don't know, like gauge how my posts had been doing. I'm used to looking at engage and looking at analytics all the time because I like that stuff. So I definitely feel like, um, the hardest part was just missing out on what was happening and not knowing what people were doing. You know, I actually really liked not knowing what other people were doing. That was fun because I wasn't doing anything particularly fun. So I didn't have that bar to measure it against, which I think kind of made me feel a little good for the week, a little bit better. It was a little boost. Um, But the hard part for me was, unfortunately, I didn't turn off the um, notifications through my email. So I could see that people were still tagging me in things. And I could see Mm. that people were DMing me and Facebook messengering me. And I just felt so rude. And I, with the DMs especially, because I feel like that's someone who's really trying to talk to you and, and get an actual answer. And I just felt like it was like not returning a phone call, you know? Um, yeah. And as far as, you know, seeing notifications, like I had done someone else's podcast and, you know, you generally help them promote it and I didn't do a damn thing. And I just felt like the worst. Yeah. Like you'd violated some kind of social contract. Yes. (laughs) What do you think? Was that the hardest part for you or? I mean, yeah, that, and I still compulsively checked my phone every five minutes because I, I just could not break the habit. Yeah. I mean, so the moment that you put all those apps back, how did you feel? That's actually the crazy thing is that I did not put the apps back. What? (laughs) Right? As desperate as I was to check social media the entire time that I was away, you know, once I logged onto my computer this morning and I checked everything, I kind of realized how silly most of the things I get excited about are when there's a little bit of time and perspective behind them. Yeah. Uh, You know, I realized that I could just check Twitter and Facebook like two or three times a day on my computer and be totally caught up and totally fine. I could probably do it once a day and be totally caught up and totally fine and not make anybody angry or feel like I was, you know, violating some sort of code of communication and and still not drive myself crazy all day having to keep looking at my phone. 
I mean, did you put everything back right away? Yeah, <laughs> just immediately. I woke up this morning and I put everything back. I mean, I I feel like I'm missing something and I'm not. I mean, I took a screenshot of my phone before because I'm an addict and I didn't want to miss my arrangement of how apps are on my home screen. But um, yeah, I woke up and I put Twitter, Instagram, um, you know, WhatsApp, even Snapchat. I'm not even, I don't even care about Snapchat. And I put that back. Like, I don't know what I was thinking, but it was like some kind of, you know, like some kind of cleanse where you can't have sugar for a week. And the first thing you do is eat, you know, some sugary thing you don't even care about just because it's got sugar in it. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I felt like I did. Um, so yeah, I mean, I liked it. I liked, I mean, I found some relief in putting the apps back. Um, I don't know why, but I, it was like, oh, my home screen looks complete again. <laughs> um, but also I immediately was, you know, going through my notifications to see what had happened in the past week. I went through like my friends feeds who I hadn't, you know, I went obviously to um, my friend's um, post about her baby immediately because I felt like I I had to, <laughs> but then I felt like I'm late commenting. So I didn't comment. I don't know. It was weird. I put them all back. I checked all the notifications. And then I found myself right back into the system of refreshing all the time, pulling down on Instagram, seeing if anybody else posted anything new. Um, and just like right back in it. So do you think you're going to change anything about the way you use social media or you're just going to, you're just Um, back on the crack? Like Jade says, I feel like I'm back on the crack already, but one thought I have about changing it is maybe just turning notifications off. Um, and then I only go to it to look at it, but I don't know if that's going to make it worse. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like if I turn the notifications off, does that mean I'm going to check it more because I don't know if there's any notifications? I know that that's the case for me because I had turned my Facebook notifications off months ago, trying to streamline. And I, every time I would post something, I would compulsively start checking every five minutes because I was like, well, right, if somebody right, responds, exactly. I don't want to miss it. You know. Um, so do you feel like it's going to change anything for you going forward or any behaviors are going to stick or unstick? <laughs> I'm hoping to not put all the apps back. I mean, Instagram and Snapchat, they have to go back. Yeah. Otherwise, I might as well just not have them. Um, but like Twitter and Facebook, you know, I get those email notifications. So if something important is happening, I will know when I'm on the go and I can always use you know, the web version instead of the app. And then I don't have to sort of worry about it being, you know, yeah. the shadow over my whole life. I mean, it life. sounds like you really did find a lot of relief in not having this, you know, I don't know, social pressure. I did. I did. I felt a little less crazy and a little less anxious that I, I always had to be doing something else. Like I always feel like I'm on the go in some way and trying to do 15 things at once. And I guess taking it down to 13 things at once really <laughs> it helped a lot. Um, so now that you may not put those apps back on your phone, do you feel like you have extra time to do anything new? Not a lot. I mean, a lot of that checking is definitely stolen moments. Um, and unfortunately I, I steal a lot of them from the time when I'm just supposed to be like sitting with my kid and like watching TV with her or like snuggling with her or, you know, what things like that. Um, so I think I will be able to give her a little bit more undivided attention. Well, that's nice. In some yeah. ways. It is nice. I mean, I still have to check the phone. I still check email. I still, you know, check messages and stuff like that. But to, to be able to do it less, I think, is good. And the other thing is I spend a lot of time commuting. And 
I usually just sort of tool around on social media. But, you know, I, I listened to an audio book this week and I sort of checked the news and I sort of, I think maybe that might be a little healthier. Yeah, a little more productive, actually. You have something to show for it at the end, at least. Yeah. What about you? Did you did you practice your piano or anything? <laughs> I did. I definitely um, ended up practicing more. I don't know if that's because I've, I've gotten to a point where I'm actually getting a little decent at it, so I'm getting excited, or if it's because I couldn't do anything else on my phone. <laughs> um, but I definitely practiced a little bit more. I also listened to an audiobook. I actually finished a book. Um, that I had previously fell asleep during. So I felt like I accomplished something. I mean, I hope it changes my behavior in some way. I mean, I hope I can, I'm hoping that the reason why I went on it so much today was because I was homesick and because I was just like in between emails and phone calls for work. I'm, I'm hoping that I just was like just out of habit going to it. And that when I'm back to like our normal routine of like driving to work and going to work and being in the office and walking around and stuff that maybe I won't you know, like on the subway and stuff. And maybe I won't do that. Maybe I'll just go back to like audiobooks or who knows. Well, you know, all these studies say that it can make you, social media can make you feel more depressed and more anxious. Did taking this time off, did this cleanse, did it kind of like, like lighten your outlook at all or? Yeah. I mean, I guess in a way it did. Um, Nothing, nothing like too dramatic, but I think it just gives you a little space, you know, I mean, I started wearing, I got an Apple watch, like when it came out and I stopped wearing it. And I actually, in the last week started wearing it. I don't know if these two things are connected or not, honestly, (laughs) but I started wearing it in the last week and you know, it's got these little notifications that are like time to stand and time to breathe and stuff like that. And I never, ever did those before. And I find myself doing them now. And I don't know if it's because now I have a little bit of brain space that I'm not wasting um, on checking random notifications and checking random people's pictures and stuff like that. So I, I do find myself kind of like taking more moments to just like not be doing anything, which I think is healthy. I don't think we, anybody does that enough because we kind of feel useless when we're not doing anything. So, but I've kind of gotten, I don't know, not used to, but I'm appreciating those little moments of doing nothing at all. <laughs> so do you, did you take away enough from this experiment that you think you would do it again? Do you think you would benefit from another week off maybe in a couple months? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I started thinking, I don't know if I would do a week off, but I can imagine myself doing like a weekend off, to be honest. You know, it's like, okay, it's the weekend. I'm off work, you know, and maybe on a Saturday I can just like not look at social media. Maybe I'll just spend my Saturday having a Saturday. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, I think, you know, it's a lot like any other cleanse. Like it's a good jump start for sort of getting yourself back into having good habits again. So I think, you know, down the line when I end up putting all the apps back and, you know, I'm back on the crack, you know, it might be good just to do a little bit of a cleanse and uh, sort of take it back down again. Yeah. Well, I was talking to Jade today, actually, coincidentally, and she was saying how she felt like that the answers that she gave us about, you know, going right back on the crack were, you know, she felt like it was kind of lame. And then I'm like, no, dude, it's totally 100% accurate. I went right back on the sauce right away. So, I mean, I think, um, you know, even though I did that, I think it was almost like a reaction to it being over. Um, And I, I do feel like I can kind of take some time away from that and, you know, separate myself from it in the future, maybe just for different periods of time. Like you said, as a cleanse, you know, like this was a practice for just being more aware of, you know, how much time we spend on it. Which is way too much. Yes. Way too much. 
Thanks again to WPLJ morning host Jade Donovan for joining us on the show. In addition to her radio work, Jade also founded an organization called Apple a Day for Kids. Their vision is to provide devices like tablets and smartphones to pediatric cancer patients ages 2 to 17 years old, so they may experience simple joys such as listening to music, FaceTiming, taking pictures, text messaging, and the like. Find out more or donate at appleadayprogram.org. Thanks for listening to the I Can't Even Show. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at I Can't Even Show, or you can check out our website at theicantevenshow.com. And if you like the show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes and Google Play. I Can't Even Show is written and produced by Allison Hanford and Margaret Verghese and edited by See Through Sound. Additional voice work was done by Mike Clemo.